Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative BioLabs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Dear friends in the audience, you are welcome to listen to our program on time every Saturday night. We have the lovely Dr. Benjamin Smith as the sharing guest today. He is a famous editor of scientific journals, as we all know. Let's welcome him with your warm applause. Would you say hello to our audience, as usual, Dr. Smith? Good evening, all dear followers of this podcast. Good evening, Connie. It is quite nice to see you again. Science makes our lives better and more interesting. I hope you enjoy everything today. In the last episode, we introduced the definition of cell fusion and some of the research advances. The most important point is that the heterokaryons formed between different cell types usually do not fully express the phenotypes of the two parents. In other words, hybrids tend to express genes from one or the other parental cells, rather than both. Many examples have been mentioned in our previous discussion. We also discussed the characteristics of hybrids of pluripotent cells, focusing on EC cell lines. Well, what are we going to talk about today, doctor? From amphibians to mammals, live animals can be born with nuclear transfer technology, which demonstrate the plasticity of nuclei derived from differentiated somatic cells. The ability of oocytes to reprogram somatic cell nuclei to pluripotent state has received much attention. However, this technique is demanding and the availability if human donor eggs is ethically problematic. An attractive alternative approach would be to reprogram somatic cells using pluripotent embryonic cells. Today, we will start with reprogramming somatic cell nuclei using cytoplasm from pluripotent embryonic stem cells, germ cells, or carcinoma cells. Why would scientists study somatic cell reprogramming? Somatic cell reprogramming raised the prospect of deriving stem cells genetically identical to a patient who might receive transplants of differentiated derivatives of those stem cells to replace diseased or damaged tissues. Besides, it also opens windows for both basic research and drug discovery. Okay. That's quite a motivation. You have mentioned embryonic carcinoma somatic cell hybrids. According to research, there is no demonstrated reprogramming of the genome derived from the somatic cell parent. How to explain this? A possible explanation is that the somatic genome was silenced and the maintenance of the pluripotent state was actively dependent on the continued gene expression of the genome derived from embryonic carcinoma cells. Are there similar findings in fusion studies of embryonic germ cells or embryonic stem cells? Yes. Some experiments have been done to fuse EG cells with thymocytes from transgenic mice carrying a NEOR or LAX transgene. Similar to EC3 thymocyte hybrids, laxi-expressing and drug-resistant EG thymocyte hybrids were isolated and retained a pluripotent EG-like phenotype. When transgenic mouse thymocytes were engineered to express GFP under the transcriptional control of the October 4th promoter, hybrids instead of thymocytes expressed GFP, 
We all know that October 4th is only transcribed in germ cells, early embryos, ES, and EC cells. So, GFP should be expressed only when reprogramming of the thymocyte nucleus occurred. What's more, reactivation of the inactive thymocyte X chromosome was observed in ES and EG hybrids with female thymocytes. Taken together, these experiments demonstrated that the somatic genome was indeed reprogrammed in these hybrids. How can reprogramming ability be shown to be conserved among species? This was demonstrated in the reciprocal fusions using the mouse or human EC cells and lymphocyte-derived cells. Hybrid cells formed by fusion of human T-cell lines with mouse EC cells expressed endogenous human October 4th and SOX2 genes. Moreover, they inherited the morphology of murine EC cells with a high ratio of nuclear to the cytoplasm, prominent nucleoli, and growth in tight, well-defined adherent colonies. In such hybrids, significant heterogeneity in expression between colonies and within a single colony emerged over time. As a result, the expression of some human markers was found in colonies that also expressed October 4th and SOX2. What did these findings indicate? These data indicated that cross-species reprogramming occurred in the hybrids. Subsequent spontaneous differentiation caused the human partner to express the potential to adopt a previously unavailable fate. The endogenous mouse October 4th gene was expressed through the reciprocal crossing of human 2102 EPEC cells and murine thymocytes. In conclusion, the ability to reprogram somatic cell nuclei is not unique to eggs and oocytes, but can also be achieved by pluripotent ES, EG, and EC cells. As I learned, both EG and ES cells are capable of reprogramming thymocytes when fused with them. So, are there any differences? In this part, EG and ES cells differ in their ability to erase imprints. Genes that exhibit differential expression of paternal and maternal alleles in somatic cells are called imprinted genes. Imprinting is established during gametogenesis. It is highly likely to involve methylation at specific loci. The imprinted pattern of these specific genes is retained in all cells of the developing embryo after fertilization. However, it is necessary to erase these imprints in primordial germ cells and reinstate them before gametogenesis is complete in preparation for the next generation. Hence, monoallelic expression of imprinted genes is obvious in blastocyst-derived EC cells, whereas PGC-derived EG cells are not imprinted after imprints have been erased. Can you list a few relevant examples? Sure. I'll take some examples of gene expression in EG thymocyte hybrids. The H19 and P57 loci were usually methylated on the paternal allele, and, in thymocytes, they were preferentially expressed from the maternal allele. Notably, they were denuded of the paternal imprints. Likewise, the maternally methylated PEG1 or MEST allele was demethylated and both maternal and paternal alleles were expressed. In addition, genes like APRT, PGK2, and globin, which are normally methylated rather than imprinted, 
were demethylated in these hybrids, as they are in PGCs accordingly, e.g. cells seem to have the same ability to erase imprints as PGC. Would the situation be different in ES thymocyte hybrids? Yes. The methylation at the imprinted loci, H19 and IGF2R, in contrast, was maintained in ES thymocyte hybrids. This lack of erasure of imprinting was also found in EC thymocyte hybridization. Despite the non-imprinted allele that was normally silent in thymocytes was an expression in the hybrids. Indeed, chromatin occurred with extensive remodeling sufficient to establish pluripotency. However, if the pluripotency partner itself retains imprinting, reprogramming does not extend to imprinting. In ESEG hybrids, the erasure of imprints was also dominant. What is the relevance of these observations on epigenetic imprinting in stem cell hybrids? These observations are relevant to embryonic development obtained after somatic cell nuclear transfer to enucleated oocytes. Fusion using ES, EG, and EC cells could be a useful model for this process. The efficiency of using somatic nuclei to produce living clones is extremely low. The clone sheep dolly was the only successful nuclear transplant experiment out of more than 300. An important reason for such low efficiency may be epigenetic abnormalities due to inappropriate imprinting. Roughly 80 genes were inappropriately expressed in mouse embryos cloned from adult cell nuclei. In addition, many cloned embryos develop abnormally, which indicates faulty imprinting at several loci. So, cloned individuals are unable to properly erase and re-establish imprinting during development, right? Exactly. During normal embryogenesis, the PGCs that eventually differentiate into male or female gametes are erased from imprinting. Correct imprinting is re-established during embryonic gamete development resulting from normal fertilization. However, because cloned individuals are generated by injecting donor diploid nuclei into enucleated eggs, the process of correct imprinting erasure and reinstatement never occurs. Cell fusion experiments using ES, EG, and EC cells may help to elucidate the process of imprinting and reprogramming. And, other reasons that embryo cloning is a dangerous and inefficient process may be explained. I get it. There are countless discussions and reports on adult stem cells and their apparent capacity, which is beneficial to regenerate their tissue of origin and even lineages derived from others. Could you give us several examples? Sure. For example, it has been reported that hematopoietic and mesenchymal stem cells could produce neurons, muscle, hepatocytes, and many other tissues. Another report showed that fetal nerve cells could generate hematopoietic cells and other tissues. There are other experiments designed to demonstrate that a single adult stem cell can give rise to cells of more than one lineage. What should we know about cell fusion that occurs in vivo? Under appropriate conditions, cell fusion can occur spontaneously both in vivo and in vitro. It can be a normal physiological process during the development of some organs and tissues in vivo. For example, 
Fusions of myoblast, myoblast, and myoblast, myotube, are regarded as part of the normal development of skeletal muscle. Likewise, a fusion of trophoblast cells to form giant cells occurs in the development of the placenta. Notably, some of the genes required for these developmental fusion events have been determined recently by genetic studies in Drosophila and Cenerobditis elegans. What I learned is that physiologically relevant cell fusion in vivo is genetically regulated. And, there is evidence of somatic cell reprogramming after cell fusion. Do these affect the observations on adult stem cell plasticity? Probably. There are two distinct examples of spontaneous fusion between populations of pluripotent stem cells and other cell types co-cultured in the absence of external fusogenic agents. For instance, ES bone marrow hybrids can be isolated in mixed cultures using mouse ES and genetically tagged bone marrow cells grown under conditions favorable for hybrid growth. It was found that spontaneous fusion was dependent on the presence of IL-3 and leukemia inhibitory factors. It was also found that spontaneous hybrids formation occurred 10 times more frequently in similar experiments using mixed cultures of murine ES and genetically marked cells taken from fetal and adult mouse brains. In conclusion, the resulting hybrids showed the morphology and pluripotency of the ES partner. What can be important in the demonstration of lineage plasticity of adult stem cells? These hybrid cells formed spontaneously could contribute to all three germ layers after injection into blastocysts. So, in any demonstration of lineage plasticity of adult stem cells, it is important to exclude the possibility of fusion with another endogenous pluripotent stem cell that reprograms the test cell. What is the most robust argument for adult stem cell plasticity? This is about two reports investigating the nature of hematopoietic stem cell-derived hepatocytes. In one study, researchers removed the fumaryl acetoacetate hygrolase gene to engineer mice prone to liver degeneration through tyrosinemia. The results demonstrated regeneration of hepatocytes from transplanted, lineage-depleted bone marrow. Normally, however, the liver contains a subset of polyploid cells, which means cell fusion may be a feature of this organ. Almost certainly, the hepatocyte outgrowth due to hematopoietic stem cell transplantation occurred because of the fusion of the hematopoietic cells with pre-existing hepatocytes. In another study, some of the regenerated liver cells were diploid, but not tetraploid, as expected. As a result, it is possible to generate a diploid cell from a tetraploid hybrid and still maintain the reprogrammed phenotype. To my knowledge, signs of engraftment in distant tissues of cells introduced during donated organs or tissue transplantation have been observed. Could you be more specific? For example, Y-chromosome positive cells with apparent neuronal or cardiomyocyte function were found in the brain and heart of female bone marrow transplant recipients, respectively. These observations are considered evidence of transdifferentiation of afferent donor cells and subsequent host organs. However, it cannot be excluded that these are the result of the spontaneous fusion of host and donor cells.
Well, cell fusion technology highlights the complexity of the mechanisms regulating the maintenance of the determined and differentiated states. Therefore, it is an invaluable tool in somatic cell genetics. So much for our content today, I have learned a lot. Let's thank Dr. Smith for his wonderful scientific sharing. Thank you for listening. There will be more interesting topics waiting for us in the next program. See you next time. Thank you. I hope we will see you next time.